0: Here we are. Here we are. Another special thanks to that Creative Commons music, McKay Beats, giving us our intro, as always. I don't think we've uh, yeah, ever thrown always. that out there. <laughs> uh,
1: welcome so we in. Welcome in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You
0: know go what's ahead. funny is we probably didn't say that at the same time. It's just the, the delay made it so that that's the case. On this beautiful uh, April 22nd, nice rainy day here in Detroit. He's Corey Walsh. And he is Dan Griffin. And we are libservative, and I want to start the show off, letting everybody know that yes, we will be getting to the Marjorie Taylor Greene testimony uh, about January sixth, but however, it will not be on tonight's episode. We're gonna we're gonna have to take some time to dissect that one, and uh, you Let know, the really, dust yeah, really get our forensics going on uh, Marjorie <laughs> Taylor Greene's speech. Uh, but tell the people where they can find us, Corey.
1: Yeah, before we get started, you if you can find Libservative podcasts on all your social media and podcast platforms. We are on Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. We are on Facebook at Libservative. We are on TikTok at Libservative Podcast. We are on WordPress at LibservativePod at WordPress.com. You can reach us directly at LibservativePod at com. Like, follow, share, subscribe, tell a friend, come join the conversation.
0: And I know the people are looking for an update on my macbook
1: oh i know people have been losing <laughs> sleep over this one Dan.
0: it is it's out of the icu i did get it to turn on however when Corey and i tried to do our our show prep meeting on uh, on tuesday it uh it was being a little bit wonky so i'm gonna give it Feel a few little more bitch d- yeah pretty much yeah just get,
1: suck it up <laughs> come on electronics it's 2022 you should be allowed to get wet with martinis Figured it out <laughs> sort yourself out there bud uh oh, what you drinking today dan
0: uh, today i am drinking a juicy ipa from uh, grand armory the wheeze Ooh. and the juice a little, little shout wheeze out to in the juice it's al-
1: actually one of my favorites uh, my camera's a little low
0: oh it's up there on your shelf there
1: well, my shelf my hall of fame beers that i thought are really good the grand armory has a bunch of them that are pretty good but uh yeah like i have their wheeze and the juice up there the blurred lines the white chocolate blonde um was it them or odd side? Of, no, it was, it was, Uh, I think it was, no, Grand Armory, yeah, had Crop Duster. I think they had No Dignity. They have a bunch of good brews. All I know I'm is- i looking at all my different Grand Armories up here that I see, because I like the can and they tasted good. All I know is the first time
0: I had I had tasted uh, the Weez and the Juice, I was like, I'm a big Pauly Shore fan. <laughs> That's
1: why I bought it too, yeah. <laughs> They're No Dignity one. It has, uh what's the kid? Who's the- the the big kid from uh, the Goonies Who does the truffle shuffle. I don't remember his name. You know what I'm talking about though—the kid that lifts his shirt up and does the truffle yeah, shuffle. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean his name. Yeah, his name in the movie. Him on it. His is a tattoo on
1: his belly. His name in the movie is Chunk. Yeah, Chunk. I don't remember yeah, the Chunk.
0: actor's name, but
1: yeah, it's. He's the got no a dignity. Great when this Chunk with his shirt lifted up, and it just says no dignity. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, that's that's Grand Armory. Grand Armory. He's got Michigan. a great
2: memory, <laughs> this guy.
1: I try to mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. it comes to my beers. I told you before, there's about three things I'm super opinionated on. It's country music, politics, and beer. What are you drinking, Corey? I have an old-fashioned. Ah. I started making these last weekend. and I haven't fucking stopped. Mm,
0: you got that little <laughs> muddled orange peel in there?
1: Yeah, a little bit of orange peel. I got the maraschino cherry. But did you muddle that orange peel? What do you mean muddle? <laughs> you You mean like...
0: Yeah, it's you know, it that little crusher thing, that little that Oh, uh, I,
1: I don't have a muddler. You got to get a muddler. It's not I an old fashioned if you don't get a muddler. I'm, I'm new at this cocktail <laughs> thing, is you just drink the shit straight. <laughs> My uh, wife's like, let's make cocktails. And I was like, okay, I know what we're making. Did you make her a Cosmo? No. <laughs> she was like looking different, like the fancies drinks up and stuff like that. And I was like, I got one. Then I went and bought all the stuff for old fashions. She wasn't even a fan, but I'm like, I like them.
0: You know, what's funny is like a martini is a really simple drink, but it's considered super classy.
1: I don't get it. It's not even that Same expensive. Old huh? Yeah. I mean, there is a little bit more to it, but it's the oldest uh, cocktail. Yeah. Martini is just either
0: gin or vodka, whatever you prefer. A little dry vermouth, stir olive brine. If you want to make it dirty, that's it.
1: That's all there is. I don't like olives, so I don't know if a martini would ever be something that I go. Mm, you know what? Well does it have I to, to be dirty? Does have to be dirty?
0: You never know. You might like it because, like olive brine to me, it's basically just tastes like salt. It's not really like an olivey fla- flavor. I don't think anybody cares.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Twenty minutes in, we're just talking about the just breaking we, down drinks.
0: Yeah, we don't. We we we're not running a. Uh, uh, a bartender's podcast here we'd never be very good at that anyway but hey it's a niche
1: if we have any bartender friends out there that listen
0: what do we have on the docket uh this evening Corey? we uh you want to talk a little bit about uh student loan forgiveness we've got a great red pill blue pill for you because basically i just took some quotes from idiots and we're going to decide which one is less idiotic uh we're going to talk about we have a new segment tonight which we tried to get to last week but we didn't get to it is uh, things we shouldn't care about and uh, I don't think anybody who is a fan of this show will be surprised at what the topic is there uh, we do it we got some good news that we've been trying to get to which is uh, regarding the UN's plastic plastics treaty uh, and then we got to do some union busting update because I'm sitting I'm sitting here at union busting updates that's not really how I meant to phrase it um, labor. Labor movement updates is really how I meant to phrase it. And I feel like we have to, we really have to keep up on that, Corey, on this show, because I'm starting to get this idea that I don't think there's anything that's going to unite us quite like unions and the labor movement again.
1: You mean like organizing based on class and not a bunch of tribalized identity politics? tropes
0: precisely and it may still not work but we're gonna give it a shot uh but first we're we gotta make fun- out but first we gotta make fun of a few things i don't Maybe. know where you want to so say you want to start by making fun of cnn plus because that's absolutely fucking hilarious <laughs> me.
1: you know i didn't even get a chance to even make an account for libservative for cnn plus and it's already gone i don't know which one's worse but at least we have an account on truth social you social even though we haven't been able to do shit with it the reason we do we actually get are we on the wait list Oh, you want an update? Let me look. Yeah, are we... I, I bet you we're still like number two hundred and three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> what number is Mel Gibson?
0: That's what I want to know.
1: I think he's so we're two hundred one thousand three hundred thirty-two. I think Mel Gibson is two hundred one thousand three hundred thirty-one. What
0: number is the Ghost of Rush Limbaugh? That's the uh, that's the only other one I want to know.
1: It's actually that's the actual name of the user, and it's number three. <laughs> Roger Stone is number two.
0: <laughs> Roger Stone didn't even get an account yet.
1: No, Steve Bannon's like number 69. Yeah, it's perfect for him.
0: Uh, we didn't want to talk a whole lot about CNN Plus because if you're an, a, a fan of new media, you probably listen to other other folks besides us and everybody's covered it. Sagar and Jetty's covered it. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jimmy Dore spent a little bit of time on it.
1: Oh yeah. They're all razzing.
0: Kalinski spent some time on it. I'm sure. And we, I don't really listen to the, to the super far right people, but I'm sure even they've covered, they've definitely covered it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zucker was too busy banging his uh, subordinates to really, really have a cognitive thought about this to the point where he's like, wow, my numbers for my channel that are, that we get a billion dollars for because we have to be on cable channels is really dwindling. So <laughs> let's make people pay for it. <laughs> I
0: don't, I don't remember what the number was. Uh, here like, it is. It
1: wasn't like a, like 10,000 or a hundred thousand or something like that. No, I was, was I
0: was, some- I was looking up the number that uh, uh, the, the amount of money that CNN spent Oh, to launch it was cnn like two hundred
1: million or 220 million or something like that according
0: to the washington post cnn to shutter 100 million dollar streaming service so it's the washington post they're probably being a little bit liberal with that number so we'll say it's at least 100 a hundred thousand, or 100 million 100. i should say yeah um my god look what th- a blunder look this is this is this is so simple the shuttering of CNN plus two weeks in it's it was so predictable any one of us new media folks could have predicted it because if you want to talk about something that literally offers nothing I mean it offers nothing new to the market it doesn't offer anything of interest and anybody who would None. watch CNN plus already watches CNN so why the fuck do they need to pay an extra I don't even know how much it costs what was it $9.99 it doesn't matter it could have cost $0.14 cents a year, and I wouldn't have paid to, to have CNN+. Right. plus. yeah,
1: like, okay, you know, the <laughs> the first thing someone wants to do after watching an hour of all these people go, you know what, I want to pay more money to hear them more. My, I don't care, I don't want to wait 24 hours.
0: My God, I can't wait to get more Brian Stelter in my life.
1: <laughs> my God, I can't <laughs> wait to hear it. Anderson Cooper, the millionaire, talk about what it's like being a single dad to me, who doesn't make six figures. But he's gay. He's gay, so he's he's got he's got troubles. I can even care less if he's gay. Just being a dad in general has no fucking correlation, or he has nothing in common with me being a dad who has to work, you know, a forty-hour job.
0: But he's still a notch above you on the victim hierarchy because he's gay. You do you don't get you don't get that concept, Corey.
1: I'm disabled, so. <laughs> I have more metal in my body than fucking I don't know who Iron Man.
0: All right. We are not gonna have a victim war between Corey Walsh and Anderson Cooper here on Libservative this I year. I have
1: ADD and I have metal in my body.
0: And you, That's and it. You, That's all I got. Your your beard is an inch longer that and it makes so it makes your face just a little bit heavier. That's a it's an extreme disability.
1: <laughs> you see me my head drop.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> CNN Plus gone. Nobody's surprised. Everyone's happy. Everyone's True happy.
1: Good social, never there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that. At least CNN Plus like launched and had all of the users that it was going yeah, to get. So
1: we had to, actually I made a I made an Instagram post about it. It's funny because I think someone like just assumed. That like we were just dogging CNN, but like love Trump or whatever. Because I posted the thing, I was like, "Well, that didn't take long." And posted a picture of CNN closing, and this chick commented, and she went, "Hashtag, where's Truth Social?" And I said, "I same, don't know." Has, same place. I it hasn't it hasn't failed because it never fucking launched. <laughs> it has to launch to fail. And I was like, "I shit you not." We signed up to be a part of it just to just to catch wind of what's going on. We're still number 203,000
0: <laughs> on the, the wait list. Line.
1: And Dan, when did I make that? When did we make Jesus? January, February.
0: Whenever it was like announced that you could sign up. <laughs> yeah. Which was, you know, a long time ago at this point. Oh, uh, yeah, like three months. What about these PETA protesters at these NBA
1: games, dude? Oh, my God. You know, I completely forgot to look into that. Yeah, it's, you tell me about it.
0: it. Dude, it doesn't matter because <laughs> all, all, all I can say about it is, I don't understand how protesters think that doing things like this on their own are somehow going to get their movement out there. So there was one lady, I believe, I don't even remember which game was which, but there was one lady at at one play, uh, it was a play-in game because the NBA has their goofy new playoff system that we don't need to go into, but there was a play-in game and a lady tried to glue herself to the baseline. Uh, protesting, I don't know, abuse against chickens or something. And then another lady, not long after that, tried to chain herself to the basket stanchion at another game. You just look like a crazy person.
1: Yeah, what is it with, uh, like, we? so we have that segment called How Woke is Too Woke. Yeah. And we could literally just look up PETA and environmental activists uh, news outlets, and we could probably find How Woke is Too Woke all the time. Like, for example, like that one we had where the one guy, which, you know, the Enron, or not Enron, uh, Line 5 by Enbridge in Michigan. It's an oil line that goes through the Straits. I don't like it. You don't like it. One fatal flaw and our whole, the like 20% of the fresh water of the world, surface fresh water in the world is just done for. Mm-hmm. One mistake. It's all it's going to take is one drunk ass driving with his anchor lowered. And that may sound like a hyper, like a, a hypo. Oh, fuck. I don't you want to say the word because I can't say it. It may sound like just hyperbole. Some crazy scenario. Is that the word yeah. you were looking for? But it already fucking happened. Yeah. <laughs> a fucking guy driving a big ass freighter had his anchor drag and hit the line, almost caused a big mess. But so one of the environmental act- activists went and like broke into like one of the like the uh, the valve stations and tried. Remember, he tried to manually yeah. shut the valve. Yeah, and it's like you realize how much pressure is. On the other side of that valve, that's being pumped. That, like, if you just stop it, you might literally cause the line to rupture. You fucking idiot!
0: Can you can you imagine the headlines? Uh, environmentalists cause biggest environmental disaster in Great Lakes history.
1: <laughs> yeah, like that doofus who was lighting fires to show that climate change was real. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any fucking and, sense. And the th- the problem with it is, you know,
0: it, it, these. It's not that their causes aren't worthy, right? It's just that these morons have absolutely no idea how to organize. Like, that's that's the issue. That's always been the issue. The issue is how woke is too woke? Everything we just said. Now, that's our how woke <laughs> is too woke for this evening. That wasn't really even supposed to be it, but I, I guess know, that's It's it. like,
1: listen, I want the environment to be better, but I'm not going to destroy the environment to own some conservative. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, this will show those oil barons. These goddamn PETA people. I saw 28 Days Later, you fucks. <laughs> <laughs> You remember the premise of that, right?
0: Yeah.
1: They broke into the laboratory and released a bunch of monkeys <laughs> that had a bunch of diseases that caused the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And they were, but they was, saved
0: the monkeys. And they were fast zombies too, if I recall. Oh, dude.
1: That's my nightmare.
0: Yeah, they were the Regular first Regular
1: bumbling ones. zombies acting like idiots. Dude, I'm down to go knock some heads together with a bat. But fast zombies? Fuck me. I can only, you know, like, I'm going to lose a lot of friends because I can run faster than them is all I'm going to say would be your weapon Wait, i don't gotta be the fastest i just have to be faster than you would be your your your
0: non-firearm i should say non-firearm non-projectile right so you can't use a crossbow or oh, a my weapon arrow. yeah but it has to be non-projectile crowbar, crowbar.
1: crowbar. i think I've i thought about this you know like you're talking to someone who literally thinks about this type of shit all the time crowbar it's a weapon that can't be damaged it's very dirt very sturdy and durable but can also use it to pry open doors break windows move things lift things Uh, up it's a weapon that i can use for a lot of things other than just killing
0: so why wouldn't you go with a firefighter's halogen in that case that seems like it could have more uses did i just change it did i change it for you
1: if i came across that i could i could see myself holding both of them and looking at both of them (laughs) and going "Ooh, this one might be better but i don't have a firefighter's halogen just chilling (laughs) at my house but uh, I'm a crowbar collector. I have like 36 of them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't want to
0: keep some of my old life alive, so I'd probably use like my pitching wedge. I'd use <laughs> a
1: golf <laughs> club. <laughs> you would miss once with the head and hit that weak-ass shaft and then just go around a, at someone's neck and yeah. then that'd be it.
0: It would be a terrible weapon.
1: I'd be over there prying open a door going, Dan, just stop. I got this door open. <laughs> this
0: reminds me, who's that, who's that character from those those uh, those... Early nineties Ninja Turtles movies that Casey Casey what's his name wore the hockey mask.
1: Oh, I know you're talking about Casey, not Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem <laughs> What's the top forty guy. Yeah, Casey Kasem moonlighted as as a guy running around the hockey mask, beating the shit out of turtles with bats and hockey. No, sticks. he was
0: a good guy. He was a good guy. He was on the turtle side. Not in the beginning.
1: Oh, Raphael got into it.
0: That's right. But he ultimately ended up being a good guy.
1: Yeah, he did. Doesn't matter. Uh him and April had a. Little flinging a little love affair little, thing for sure. Little fling and the turtles. Because was she jealous. wasn't gonna fuck turtles. Yeah. She was stuck in some house in the middle of the woods with him and them. Their options were limited. I
0: don't even know if the ninja turtles even have dicks. i mean they' Google it. <laughs> let's,
1: let's, no, don't Google it. Rule thirty four. There's gonna be a porn you find. Yeah,
0: probably. Uh, Corey, you wanted to talk a little bit about student loan forgiveness because this is this is something that came up this week that you uh, that you had really uh, you were, you got a little excited for a
1: minute. I did. So here's the premise. This is kind of funny. You and I both. So, uh, how do I make it sound like I'm not a welfare queen? We went for. We went to a for-profit school that ultimately probably was predatory. Mm-hmm. It's one of those schools that you go to when you're 17, 18 years old, don't know what the Fed is, and don't know anything about economics or loans or anything. And you have all these people you look up to telling you, like whether it's parents, teachers, financial advisors, politicians. Literally anyone you look up to as a seventeen, eighteen year old that say, Oh yeah, you gotta go to school, get the loan and do this, you know, and, and then go. yeah, you're good to go. And and you're good to go, you know, you just this is how you get m- good money. You get college education, it's the American dream. So <laughs> you and I both went to a school that didn't really do shit for us other than
2: make us realize
1: <laughs> <laughs> other than realize that uh we enjoy talking into microphones, mm-hmm. but I don't think that was worth thirteen thousand dollars to realize it. <laughs> <laughs> and I got out after that, you know, I graduated into a recession that was the second worst only to the Great Depression in the country. And so I had people hitting me up from the loan company going, Oh, don't worry. You don't have to pay this. Just do a forbearance. And they they sell it to you, and you're like, All right, fine. And then they just keep doing that, and then so couple that with the millions of other people in our country who have been stuck with this. Well, our government just decided that that because of the fact that forbearance, they they sell it like it's not a big deal. But you literally sit there and you build interest. Mm-hmm. And there's a uh, now they're saying that anyone that that actual system. So, right here I'm on NPR. Student loan borrowers will get help after an NPR report and years of complaints. The U.S. Department of Education says it will retroactively help millions of federal student loan borrowers who have been hurt and held back by troubled income-driven repayment plans, calling the plans long-standing flaws and mismanagement inexcusable. And so what they're saying is, hey, you know, uh, we kind of fucked up and telling everyone to just ignore their loans. And... Uh, like today's announcement comes after years of complaints and lawsuits. Most recently, an NPR investigation that revealed that these IDR plans, which promise affordable monthly payments as low as $0 in loan forgiveness after 20 to 25 years, have been badly mismanaged by the department and the loan servicing companies it employs. I apologize. I do have a bit of a cold. Oh, boy. I know. <clears throat> The department estimates that the changes will result in immediate debt cancellation for at least 40,000 borrowers who would have not qualified for public service loan forgiveness. So anyone who was just basically told by the government, like, Hey, don't worry about your loan is now they're now telling you, Oh, actually you were supposed to worry about it. Our bad <laughs> now for real. Don't worry about it. So I'm someone and like, so what qualifies for this is someone who has had uh unjustifiably long forbearances for more than 12 consecutive months or more than 36 cumulative months. Well, we're talking to someone here who embarrassingly has had these student loans and forbearance for... What's 12 times 12, Dan? (laughs) 144? (laughs) 144 months. So... My bad, you know, it you know, I grew up and moved out at a young age and had a pretty rocky economic history up until the last couple of years where I wouldn't have been able to afford those payments, so I kept doing forbearance. It wasn't until two or three years ago that I could afford it. Finally, started making payments, and then they decided to just nix (laughs) the payments because of the pandemic.
0: You know, Corey, if you had just pulled yourself up by your bootstraps, you would have been fine. She just Grab those bootstraps. And it was the
1: choice of paying the payment or actually buying bootstraps in the first place. <laughs>
0: yeah, I couldn't even afford any fucking bootstraps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so it looks like I may have bumbled my way into being able to take advantage of the government.
0: We don't know yet, but but we, what we would recommend to our listeners is if, is if you're in this situation, look into it.
1: Yeah, right? absolutely. Because there's a lot of people that are stuck on this. And you know, and I'm and. I get the idea that if you borrow money, you pay it back. The only people in my entire life that I owe money to is Navient and Sally May for this. But look, you know, I'm paid back. We,
0: we all understand that as a concept, right? But like we all know that like predatory lending is a real thing. Like it's been proven that it's a real thing. It's the thing that got us into the 2008 crisis. I've been saying for a long time and I'm no economist, right? I, I, I know a little bit you know one of those jack of all trades type knowing things about the economy but i've been saying for a long time and i'm not the only one that the the next big bubble is going to be student loans but professional economists are like well that's impossible because you can't you it, it doesn't it's not it's never included in a bankruptcy like you can't just make a student loan go yeah, away and that so up. i'm so i'm sitting here and i'm going well and okay, how does the bubble pop right because it eventually Does it just keep ballooning and ballooning and ballooning and ballooning and ballooning ballooning until two hundred years from now? There's just all this debt sitting over in a corner that nobody can pay. Like, what do you do?
1: The bubble has to pop. Let it go. He just let that balloon go into the ether. Okay, but yeah, no, and then that's the thing too. It's like I get the idea that if you borrow money, you pay it back. But it's like, what's the premise of that? Like, we're literally telling all these kids in high school who don't even have a financial class to tell them about how to deal with finances in the first place. And their parents, the government, teachers, loan officers, anybody you look up to that seems to have any little inkling of authority is telling everyone, oh yeah, get this loan. It'll be worth it.
0: Well, and that has to do with us coming up in a time where, and we were hopefully at the tail end of this, But that has to do with us coming up in a time where it's like, you were told by everybody, dude, if you don't go to school, you're a loser. Like you can't, you can't, you can't have a good living. You can't do anything with your life if you don't go to college. And we not, we know that's bullshit. I mean, it's, it's just utter bullshit. I mean, look at, you don't even have to point to these, like all these giant uh, Fortune 500 CEOs and all these tech now oligarchs that all dropped out of college, never finished, but you don't even have to go that far, you know. This world is hurting for welders. This world is hurting for plumbers, good mechanics, all this stuff that doesn't require a college education. We still need those. We still need those people. And it doesn't yeah. make it doesn't make you a loser if you take one of those jobs.
1: I, I mean, Who I know are you. What's the guy from Dirty Jobs? What's his name? Mike Rowe. Yeah. What are you, Mike Rowe?
0: Dude, i But I you. But you know people like this. I know welders. I know I know a guy that works for um I don't remember what company it is, but he he's he's a he's a welder who works on um wind turbines.
1: oh, he probably makes bank,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he's making th- I'm pretty sure he's making six figures. He never went to college. He went to a, oh, yeah. a he went to a what do you call it, one of those mechanical schools. You know, as a
1: man of the people. I know a shit ton of people. <laughs> I'm a man of the people, damn. and I have friends in all the trades, and they're all. Up there, like, you know, they're a little bit more rougher around the edges. They look, you know, their hands might not be pristine and they got dirt under their fingernails. But they're making just as much money as some of my friends who are, like, white-collar being loan officers and marketers. And
0: and here's the only difference. Those those guys that you know in the trades, and probably some girls too, well, those folks that you know in the trades, they had to bust their ass and break fingers and, you know cut and scrape themselves for probably
1: literal fingertips. A buddy of mine, shout out to Josh, but they had to do that. Chopped off these two fingers,
0: probably for the same amount of time that an ordinary person would go, would go to college. But here's the difference. They traded in debt that they're never going to be able to pay off for those busted fingers. And now, and, and they're still in the same place. Like if you asked me, if you asked 18 year old me, would you rather break a couple of fingers Learning how to weld, or you know, burn yourself or whatever, for four years for very little money as you you know as you come up through your apprenticeship, but never have any student loan debt, or would you rather have you know two hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt to try to become a lawyer when you don't know if you're ever going to make it? Right, I'd take the yeah, busted well, fingers.
1: It's, <laughs> it's it's important that even if you do have a uh, degree or some, it's important to have some sort of skill. Like welding is my ace in the hole. I had two years of vocational welding in high school.
0: That's it. What are you that's waiting for? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, Corey. Because
1: right? I want to work with my mind. <laughs> I don't want to work with my body. I've been working with my body in trades for the past 15 years. And I'm ready to do something else.
0: Well, that's fair. You want to get to red pill, that's blue pill? It. We can get to red pill, blue pill. I, I don't
1: know why. Oh, actually, you know what? I want to round that up real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that when we talk about the student loans and the bubble or whatever, honestly, that might be the ace in the hole for the government. If we get into a really bad recession, if you just forgive all student loan, you're removing a bunch of debt to income ratio for millions of people in our country that will now have money that they can spend on other things.
0: But as we talked about last week in, in you know basic economics 101, don't do it on an upturn.
1: Yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, you got to hold that one until it gets bad. Because let's be honest, schools and, and the healthcare, the more the government gets involved with these patchwork type like, just trying to like band aid it just makes it worse. The schools, the the, the, uh, the colleges can raise the prices to whatever the fuck they want because as soon as they raise it $10,000 and then there's a million more people who are out of, uh, who are priced out of that because they can't afford that extra $10,000, that gets picked up by the government. So it doesn't matter what they charge because the government's going to pick it up. So they would, they're definitely going to take advantage of that. Same thing goes with our medical system.
0: Yeah, the, the the loan rates just go up.
1: Yeah, exactly. You just you keep raising prices, and the people who can't afford it anymore can just go to the government for help. Borrow more, borrow more, borrow more.
0: You can that's never right get right. out of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that, uh...
1: but that's a whole other topic because I would love to talk about that. How fucked up the the student loan issue is, and our medical system. The government either has to go all in or have a hands off approach, because them meddling in it just makes it more expensive for everybody
0: yeah congratulations that's- on that $50,000 philosophy degree who me? I didn't get a 50000 No, just $50. whoever's out there that has one that's really pissed about it right I just now. gotta
1: read a Carl Sagan book <laughs> and watch some Audrey Marcus fucking videos and I'll have a philosophy. Hey, degree if you no major problem. in
0: philosophy and you actually get a degree in that field what jobs can you
1: get? <laughs> liberal arts I have a degree in liberal arts $120,000 <laughs> so congratulations you are now a starving artist
0: you know what's funny is there's probably people out there that heard us say that that like somehow means that that makes fun of liberals. Liberal arts isn't like liberalism. Just so folks know, I know people that think that <laughs> that it's like if you have a degree in liberal arts, it means you you're like you're educated on liberalism. That's
1: not what liberal
0: arts is.
1: <laughs> I'm le- I'm I'm educated on the arts and crafts that liberals do. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that.
0: Ooh, yeah. Wow. You'd make a great finger-painting teacher if that were the case.
1: <laughs> Putting paste on your face like Billy Madison stuff? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, red pill, blue pill? Dude, the get red pill,
0: blue pill. This wasn't originally supposed to be a red pill, blue pill, right? This was just going to be a topic. And it's uh, mask mandates. Mask mandates being lifted on planes. And it wasn't going to be a red pill, blue pill until I started to get on the cesspool that is Twitter. And so... I really wanted to portray this a little bit differently this week by just giving you a couple of, uh, one is a headline and one is an actual tweet from an actual moron. And the tweet from the actual moron is our red pill this evening, which is, hey, Libth, if you're mad about mask mandates being lifted, start your own airline. You already know this. I wish I hadn't told you because I wanted to make you guess who had thrown this tweet out there. Do you remember what I told you pre-show?
1: Yes, yes, I do, and Damn I also it. just got a bloody nose because I sneezed. Yeah, it was Marjorie Taylor Green, right? <laughs> you got a bloody nose. No, it wasn't Marjorie Taylor Green. What would be your second guess? Lauren Bobert. Lauren Bobert. <laughs> was that right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's one of the two. Oh man, I didn't.
0: I didn't even put a like a little ticker at the bottom for this one, but that's okay. At least I don't think I that's did. That's okay. Whatever. Um. So that's that's our red pill. Hey, libs. If you're mad about masks, mask mandates being lifted, start your own airline. And the blue pill is, now that mask mandates have been lifted on planes, more people are lining up to travel. This is, quote, revenge spending. <laughs> is that what they said? That's a headline from CNN. What's really stupid is if you if you actually click on the article, uh, as you would guess, has nothing to do with the fucking headline. But I was just going with the headline. The, the article was actually like, Sort of reasonable, I guess, for you know CNN standards, but <laughs> but that's not what people see because nobody actually reads the articles; they just you know retweet the headlines. And so, basically, this is Lauren Bobert saying lifting mask mandates owns the libs, and this is CNN saying uh, assholes are actually spending money now because they you know
1: they got their way.
0: Corey's scratching his head right now. Like Yeah, so
1: for for the listeners, I'm just rubbing my forehead. <laughs> you know, or it's just uh I mean, if you really <laughs> decided to not fly in a plane because of masks, that's such a weird hill to die on, that it's like I don't even know what to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> to it's like, I'm up I've been waiting two goddamn years, I'm finally gonna go visit my dad. Well,
0: and it goes both it goes both ways too, right? So like people now that are not gonna fly because you because masks aren't mandated. It's it to me it's just as stupid, right? Yeah. Because this is this is this is a thing where like all you had to do was wear a cloth mask, which has been proven for fucking seventeen years now that they don't work when it comes to transmission. We know that the air in uh in an, in a in a a commercial airliner is exchanged like every minute and a half. It's like one of the most filtered air places you could possibly be. As far as air quality, it's about as safe as you could ever ask for. So there's those two things. So like not flying because there are no masks or flying because there are masks, equally stupid. However, like travel's been going up basically, I don't know, for the last
1: year or so. More people have been yeah, traveling? things are actually open. No one's going to travel to another state when they can't do shit. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go travel to New York so I can't go the Times Square or go to the Statue of Liberty. I think because of that,
0: I am going to swallow the red pill here because I already I already took my bullet here on uh, April 1st, so I have to take one of them. But it doesn't really – it has nothing to do with what Lauren Boebert said because it's still a really idiotic tweet. But <laughs> – it just it just has to do with like the sensibility of understanding what COVID is, and I'll give you another I'll give you another example, right? So David Beard, who I want to say has done some op eds for uh, the Washington Post and a few other publications, I could be wrong about that, so don't don't tweet at me if I got that wrong. Yeah. He's definitely an, an ultra left guy. So he waxed poetic on Twitter about a piece in the New York Times about how Americans fought mask mandates in 1918 and rejoiced when they were lifted, only to watch in horror as as a new wave of the Spanish flu devastated the land.
1: Okay, well, the important part of that statement is the Spanish flu and not... COVID. COVID. Here's two, is.
0: two things, what you just said, but also I find it really, really interesting that for the last two years, if you were a quote unquote COVID denier and you tried to compare COVID to the flu, you were absolutely chastised and your tweets were deleted and you were thrown in Facebook jail. But now that, it, now that it's flipped the other direction, now that we need to make it sound more dangerous, now we can compare it to the Spanish flu. Interesting, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's It goes back to what we were saying. Corey's getting uh, a headache. I can see it. (laughs) How people would, like, bitch about COVID, saying the numbers are inflated, and that it's not as bad as they're saying, and that the CDC is lying. And then the numbers they would use for deaths of something that's more dangerous would be CDC numbers of the flu. (laughs) And... It's basically the same thing, and it just, it kills me, man. It's just amazing to me how people will just take information and ignore information. Based
0: based on on the narrative.
1: What they want, yeah, but what they want to think or not think.
0: And couldn't it also be, uh, this is another reason I'm swallowing the red pill. Again, nothing to do with Lauren Boebert's idiotic tweet, but couldn't it also be that more of the, you know, the quote-unquote COVIDians... Feel more safe traveling now that the CDC and others have, have said that, you know, cloth masks don't work and that mandates are being lifted. You think people that were afraid of COVID and are, are were, I should say, afraid of flying because of COVID are now maybe feel a little bit more safe? Is that, could that be a possibility?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> but what kills me is, like, you're still allowed to wear your mask. No, one like, that's, so since this very first started before the vaccines were even a thing, I was on my old podcast and I was talking about how I will do everything in my power to like try to convince people that like a good mask will work and that if you need one, you should wear it, you know, and like it does help when it's a good mask, not a shitty cloth mask, not like the surgeon's mask, like n 95 mask, a fitted mask. That's for you will absolutely help. But in saying that, I don't think should ever be mandated. No one should ever be forced to do anything to their body that they're uncomfortable with. You, so when these mandates are lifted, I'm like, all right, good. About damn time. You know what? But I'm not the type of person that's going to, I'm also not the type of person that when I see someone wearing a mask, I'm not going to go, ah, you fucking moron. Yeah, 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 what are you yeah, doing yeah. with that face diaper? <laughs> and like, pretend to cough on them because that's exactly why they're wearing a mask. Cause you're a fucking idiot and you're trying to cough on them. And it's like if you want to wear a mask, absolutely wear a mask. But yeah. If someone doesn't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. If the mask works, then why are you worried?
0: And what you just said speaks to some of the more crazy right wing things that I've seen on Twitter. I've seen a couple of of blue check mark conservatives. I know there's only like seven of them left on Twitter, but you know, uh, I can't remember who it was. I wish I could find it, but um, that was suggesting that I'm going to look through here. But this person was suggesting that not only should mask mandates be lifted, but masks should actually
1: be banned. What a fucking idiot.
0: Masks should be banned because they are, they are uh, I don't even remember what his reasoning was, but it basically had to do with government power, right? Like if it, it should never again, they, they should, you should never again be allowed to mandate masking ever again. And while while on one while one on the one hand I kind of agree with that on the other hand I think back to what covid was when we first started when we didn't know what it was when everybody was afraid and everything was locked down when Fauci was telling us masks didn't help Yep and and it, <laughs> that that's that's true too but like when covid first started and we didn't know what it was the fear was rational right But it it didn't take long for it to start being irrational I would say within side of 18 months it started to be, you know, irrational. So like I don't really remember, you know, other than the the eighteen crazy people that, you know, tried to take over our uh <laughs> our, our state capital here. That's not true. That's a little bit of an over exaggeration, but marched on our capital. Welcome Brighton nice. Uh up, but ma- yeah yeah, marched on our capital uh with guns in tow, trying to intimidate the governor. Uh outside of those people, I mean most most people were okay, like, okay, let's wear these masks and Just see where this goes. I don't think anybody really had an issue with that. Did you? I didn't.
1: No. It's when it started being crazy. I didn't have an issue with wearing a mask. I didn't like it. I fucking hated it. Like, do you see this? uh, You see this beard? I have a glorious beard. (laughs) I fucking hated wearing the mask. They made it fray out and do this weird shit. But it's like. If somebody wants to wear a fucking mask because they're nervous or because they don't feel good, then please, please fucking wear one. At work now, it's one of the most beautiful things. If someone comes in and they don't feel good and like they have a little bit of a cough or something out of respect for our fellow co-workers, they wear a mask. And it's like, it makes you think, oh, maybe we should have done something like this <laughs> the whole time. I went to the hospital. My dad had back surgery recently and they made people still wear masks. And it's like, you know what? I'm in a hospital. This makes complete sense. But mandating masks overall, like I said, I don't think that that's right. And trying to do the opposite of telling people they can't wear masks is even stupider. And let, just like uh, Obi-Wan said, there's a difference between banning mask mandates and banning masks. It's like banning hats. And he's absolutely <laughs> right. What are we going to ban next? People wear like people wearing their fucking diabetic oh, bracelets that's being diabetic.
0: Corey the 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 blue checkmark conservative that said masks masks should be banned masking should be banned and laws must be passed to prevent these mandates you're gonna love this it was Matt Walsh
1: God <laughs> damn it the guy shares the same fucking name as me oh yeah it's your and it's you know what's brother, funny Matt. too because like there's Matt Walsh who's trash and then there's Matt Welch who's like really fucking good yeah and you hear Matt Welch bitch all the time that Matt Walsh has a name similar to his <laughs> <laughs> It always cracks me but up because like, they'll do that on, on the Reason Roundtable. They'll say that, like, what's up, Matt Walsh? He's like, that's not my name. <laughs> what? Yeah, I've heard that before.
0: One, uh, <laughs> one, uh, one particular thing that I'm seeing is all over Twitter with regards to uh, liberals that want mask mandates to stay in place. Here is one of the biggest arguments that I'm seeing, that it's crazy that pilots mid-flight, announced that the mandates were lifted and people could take their masks off. And but I haven't like seen an interview or or seen anybody that was actually on an airplane during that time complain about this.
1: Dude, I haven't yeah, seen it anywhere. Dude, dude, I'm down for PSAs to be plastered on the TV even where it's like, "Hey, if you feel sick, we encourage you to stay home and if you have to go out, wear a mask. It'll help this it'll help uh mitigate the spread of anything not just the cold or not just covid but the cold or the flu or any other transmissionable disease that goes through aerosol Mm -hmm. but yeah no i just the mandates i'm against the mandates man
0: i take it you're swallowing the red pill on this one (sighs) even though lauren an idiot
1: red pills so many fucking (laughs) times now it's (laughs) absolutely i almost want to take the because i know i'm going to hear shit from listeners (laughs) You always but take I'm the red pill. I'm going to take the bullet. You must, like, be, you must be a conservative. You always take the red pill. Yeah. You're, you're, you're following Tulsi's tracks, you fucking conservative. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm going to swallow the red pill because it's just it. Because you see people on the left going, well, I'm going to wear two masks now on a plane. Okay. And it's like, okay, great. No one told you not to. <laughs> <laughs> that's been allowed this entire time. Guess what? Before COVID, you could have wore a mask yeah if you wanted to but it just at the same time though the whole mask mandate thing after the Wait a vaccine Hold mandate on. thing L- it sounds so fucking stupid let and me trivial. let me
0: push back on that could you have worn a mask on an airplane before that because before covid like the scare tactic was terrorists on airplanes oh you, you know what and you kind of wanted to see everybody's face so could right. you have worn a mask before covid I don't remember seeing one. I don't fly that often,
1: but I don't know. You ever might remember have been, gotten some real side eyes from even some of the biggest luxurious lipstick liberals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> if yeah. you wore a mask before COVID and you got on a plane, people would be like,
0: Bing. Why is, Bing, why, oh, is that, why is over that there, why is why is that brown guy face? wearing a mask? There's a brown guy <laughs> with a beard wearing a <laughs> mask. Yeah, exactly.
1: That brown guy's wearing a mask. Like the turban already, or the you know the <laughs> That brown woman over there is wearing a mask. It's making me really uncomfortable. I'm already really upset about the hijab, but that mask—I can't see her face. Do you what agree? if she's sticking her tongue out at me?
0: Do you agree with? Uh, do you agree with doing to learn here?
1: Banning things because you don't agree is like ma- is like being mad because you're short. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, like it's just yeah, it's certain things you can't or, control. Like, exactly. Like it's sets a precedent. You shouldn't really ban anything. It's just dumb. I don't like. But that's the that's the thing about this argument is like, nobody's banning masks. They're just making it to where you don't aren't forced to wear one. Which on planes I understand, but I'll even have a caveat and be like, oh man, buses and subways they don't have that uh, air exchange like planes do though. <coughs> That's a close-quartered area. Yeah,
0: it is. But you don't have to ride them.
1: Which Yeah, you don't have to ride them. And you can wear a mask. You and, and you can wear a mask. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you can wear a mask. I'm even down for encouraging it to the point where we see PSAs on TV telling people, like, if you feel sick, like I said, if you feel sick, wear a mask. But forcing anyone to do anything that they're uncomfortable with, man, I, I just, it's just something that's just intrinsic in me that I think I'm against it.
0: I'm going to throw a tweet up on the screen here, and I'm going to throw it up here because it was a tweet. I showed. I shared it with you earlier, Corey. It was a tweet that I was surprised to support. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Let's see it. Show it. Lay it That's on me. That's right. Lay it on me, Dan. And
0: Marjorie Taylor Green with the best, most coherent tweet she has ever had in her entire professional or non-professional life. This Even this fucking moron can get on Twitter and, and say something coherent, and it's a little bit diggy at the libs, but it's not too bad. I'll I'll read it just for the listeners. Marjorie Taylor Greene on uh, April 18th saying, Federal judges declared Biden's mask mandates for public transportation unlawful. No more forcing masks on airplanes. Remember, you can still choose to wear a mask on your own, or two, or three, and a face shield. You can also get jabbed and boosted, but we don't have to. That might be the best tweet she's
1: ever had. You know, a broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, it's 100%. Obi you know, Obi OB just said, again, wearing masks in large parts of Asia has been commonplace for decades. It's just common courtesy if you're ill and there is a bug going around. And I 100% agree. That's kind of where I was getting at earlier when I said that in my workplace. Like, masks are normalized now. That's a good thing. I think it's really good now that, like, if you don't feel good and you're going in public and you wear a mask, no one's going to look at you like you're a terrorist. That's a good thing. Hospitals having people wear masks, that makes complete sense. That's probably a good thing. But yeah, I was going to say, can't you also leave it up to the people? That's as as we don't need the government to do everything for us in our country. We as a society are making these choices and it looks like massive being normalized. That's a good thing. We don't need daddy government to tell us that we have to do it.
0: I was just going to say, can't you also argue (laughs) since we're and this, this applies to so many cultural culture war issues that we have. Just the fact that the government is telling people to wear it is going to make them not, not accept that normalization, Corey, right? Like to somebody who's like this Biden hating Marjorie Taylor Greene supporting, you know, whoever they're automatically, they see somebody with a mask and they have an opinion about that person
1: just just but t- hold on hold, on hold on ago? tattoos
0: just the same way though that 18 months ago somebody on the left might have an opinion about somebody who's not wearing a mask you see what i'm saying you see how like it works both ways yeah someone
1: sneezes on a plane and they're not wearing a mask yeah it's, it's not even on it's a plane just, just anywhere it's just gonna be normalized like green hair and gauges And guys wearing tight pants during the scene phase. I hope you're right. But I think people are going to fight it just like every culture or issue. But you know what? If someone, if I'm, if I don't feel good and and I'm wearing a mask and someone's trying to give me shit for it, they're going to find out real quick that I'm not a limp, (laughs) limp, limp wristed liberal
0: (laughs) (laughs) limousine liberal.
1: Yeah. I'm not someone that's like, listen, motherfucker. What do you want me to do? Cough with my mask off. Do you want me to let me cough at you with my mask on and cough at you with my mask off and tell me what makes you more comfortable. I'm not wearing this as some, you know what I mean, but that's the thing too. Is the mask has become some sort of virtual, uh, some virtue signaling bullshit
0: and that's what uh, Obi jaws says here the shame is the shame is that some might see it as a political statement and be aggressive towards people for wearing one and and same the other way around right because we already saw people getting aggressive politically 18 months ago for people that didn't wear masks right you were a murderer yep. if you went out in public without a mask on
1: you remember that and now now the tides are turning yeah exactly now it's where you see you but you at the same time you also see videos of people coughing at people wearing masks because they're asking someone to wear it that's just somebody being an asshole But like, you'd have to be a special kind of asshole to where like, if you're trying to make some sort of political point and then, and let's say someone's wearing a mask and another person goes, you know, you don't have to wear that. And then that person goes, yeah, I know, but I have an immune system issue to where it's like, I don't know any of you and I just want to be safe. It's going to take a real prick to go, no, fuck you. Take that mask off. And it's like, no, fuck you. I don't Fucking know you. I don't have to count (laughs) out of what you're saying. I don't want whatever sort of germs that are you're carrying around on your body.
0: You want to, uh, I don't mean to abruptly end this, but you want to jump into no, that? We, fine. we both, we both selected the red pill here. We, I mean, it's just, is what it is. I'm not going to yeah. apologize for it.
1: Wear a mask. If you don't feel good, yeah. you don't need daddy government to tell you to do it.
0: Or wear a mask. If it makes you feel better, makes it, you feel better. It makes you ahead. feel better.
1: I don't give a shit. Uh, we got People a, are wearing way crazier things out there than a fucking mask.
0: We got some uh, some labor movement updates. I think this is something we definitely want to talk about. Chaps, on the show. I
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. That's public nudity. That's grooming. You're grooming, Corey. You're Great, making now. I'm a pedophile. You're making asses in public go ahead,
1: normal. Go ahead and catch me at Disney. Just fucking coercing your children into riding the fucking It's a Small World After All with me. In really tight leather and assless chaps. <laughs> Just forcing masks on their faces. The horror!
2: You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working.
0: <laughs> uh, Corey, labor updates. This is something we definitely have to talk about because you know, th- I don't really think this is a hot take in new media anymore, but I think unionizing and and the labor movement is is if there's anything that's going to reduce the polarization that we see here uh, politically, it's going to be the labor movement. It's going to be people like Christian Smalls, who we will get to a little bit later. Um, we've said plenty about uh, the, the Amazon union leader. Uh, but I wanted to talk first about an article, actually, that you sent me about... Union money funds is essentially busting unions because of, uh, I think it was, a was it a Lever article you sent me by Matthew Cunningham Cook about Melody Hudson, the chairwoman of Starbucks and president of Ariel Investments?
1: Yeah. You remember yeah, saying yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I have I have yeah. the
1: article here. The girl that is trying to bust unions, but is literally making millions on the money from unions. So yeah, so
0: essentially she's tr- she's also so she's the chairwoman of Starbucks, she's also the president of Ariel Investments, and she's trying to bust Starbucks unions while making money off of the backs of union workers from unions, including Chicago teachers, Illinois State University's retirement system, Chicago municipal employees, and Chicago and the Chicago Water Pension
1: Fund. So yeah, Dan, we're talking about half a billion dollars. Yeah, so her, In her money she was managing. Yeah, so her firm
0: uses a strategy called active management and even you know, even oligarchs like Warren Buffett are like, yeah, that's a really shitty strategy. And so basically what active management is is instead of pumping pumping the pension money into low fee index funds, the firm takes higher fees for a manager to try and you know, quote unquote, beat the market, basically yeah, predict day what's going to happen. Yeah, day trade essentially, and it's, it's it's just like with most day traders, the results are pretty horrible. Um, in that if you put your money into an index fund, a, a, a low fee index fund, a lot of the it returns it
1: around. Yeah, a lot of so the returns. Who, yeah, so if an index fund, things like that, like and like a mutual fund, it uh, it spreads the money around, low risk, low low gain. You know, it's not a high growth thing but the chances of you losing money is lower as well. Well, it,
0: it's it doesn't even have to be that. Like best case scenarios, it seems like when when active management, at least in the in a little bit of research that I've done, anybody can do it on their own or if there's an economist that can explain this better, feel free, we would absolutely love to speak with you. But active management basically returns somewhere around 3 to 4% annually as to where your your low fee index funds might be it's like 10 7 8 10 percent
1: yeah when you have a 401k you try to shoot for 10 percent. so yeah you know like if you have a 10 percent growth over a year that's like fucking good for a 401k
0: so basically her union workers are paying a higher fee to have lower returns is essentially what yeah. she's doing all while trying to bust starbucks unions So she's she's taking, yeah. yeah. So
1: essentially she's taking union money to make money for herself and a little bit of money for the unions. But where they're still getting growth. Like they're still seeing growth. Mm -hmm. But like it's a 3 3% incline versus a 10% incline. And that's a big difference year over year. And at the same time, she's trying to break unions down. And it's just really interesting to me that as this chick is talking about how she hates unions, she's making money literally off of the system that unions use to take care of their retired employees.
0: Yeah. And so basically what we're looking at here is a woman who is eating with her mouth and her
1: ass. I didn't really know. Yeah. I didn't and really know. I didn't know to it's it's not like she's just, sitting on the sidelines making money off of this on her own. And right here in the article, so I'm on the levernews.com. Uh it's how union workers money funds a union buster. And so the article says as Starbucks wages, an aggressive anti-union campaign resulting in the firing of 16 pro union workers, the company's chairwoman has been running an investment firm, raking in millions in fees from unionized workers, pension funds while delivering subpar returns for retirees starbucks chairwoman melody hobson has been publicly defending the coffee giants union busting activities she recently told starbucks shareholders that while we absolutely understand and recognize the right of our partners to organize the company will refuse to stay neutral in union elections because that limits our ability to speak to our partners in certain ways and goes directly against the dna of the company at the same time Hobson is leading aerial investments, which manages more than 640 million in assets for Chicago area pension funds, earning the firm more than $3 million annually in fees. The members and retirees of those pension funds are overwhelmingly represented by unions, including the same one, SEIU, that is seeking to organize Starbucks, unions, or Starbucks workers. In effect, Chicago area union members are financing, with fees and poor returns, Hobson's career, all while she helps lead a Fortune 500 company, working to block, union, block a union and drive and prevent a landmark victory for the larger labor mo- labor movement. Decades of underfunding of public pension funds has effectively held working people and retirees hostage to asset managers that actively work against the interests of working people while not delivering what they've promised. Samir Santi, a professor of labor and urban studies at the City of University of New York, told the Lever.
0: And that's 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 where the active management comes in. And and credit to Oh yeah, but then
1: here's here's where it gets dirty. Okay. The pension fund's decision to stick with Ariel despite the repeated issues with underperformance. Ariel is currently on a watch list for termination with Chicago Teachers Pension Fund. Coincide coincides with Hobson's and Ariel's forging deep ties to powerful in Chicago nationwide. Dude, this girl has ties to JP Morgan and Chase. The Obamas. Chicago mayor Lori Lightfoot, the Obamas. And yeah, and it's all, it's just none of them. I don't care like if you love Obama, if you love anyone, they're not for you. They're for their own pockets. And it's funny, the more and more you hear about Obama as the dust settles, he is such a fucking narcissist, just mm. as bad as Trump was.
0: It seems like he's done a better job of hiding it.
1: <laughs> oh, this fucking guy is trying to tear down, what is it, like uh, low-wage houses to build a library in his name or something like that? Or he's trying to tear down his... It's, it was in the it's park, some wasn't historic it? Building. It's one of it's their some parks. Yeah,
0: I remember. I remember hearing about this. I don't remember <laughs> the exact details. I don't want to get it wrong.
1: Yeah, he, he historic building. He's trying to tear down for his library and his name in the city of Chicago. But credit to
0: the lever on this because Corey sent me this article and it, it's not something that's being talked about. You know, even by even by a lot of the people in new media and but what I what I also noticed is that the lever's done a really good job covering all sorts of this. Uh, of, of stories on this labor movement They're, they've done you know union busting stories for amazon uh and and starbucks which are obviously the two big ones uh, i don't think it was from the lever but Corey, you sent me one earlier about apple employees now
1: yeah dude there's a labor movement that's happening in america right now and it's absolutely insane and you know and Obi jaws dude i hope you follow and subscribe to the show because you're actually bringing some good uh content to the conversation. Um, he said, some unions, as in their management, bad. Some people who manage union pension funds do not have their members' interest at heart. Surprise face. Yeah. He's absolutely right. Union, Yeah, like there's there's a two-sided coin to unions and uh, collective bargaining that it can be just as bad and corrupted as a corporation or the government. That's 100%. And you have your head in the sand to pretend that that's not the case.
0: But, but at the, it, yeah, at the same time, I don't think – I think this is more about the overall labor movement, and the uh, the the to, what's more important to us is uh, the I don't know the best way to put this the, the 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 bringing together of ideologies under one common umbrella because what we run into so often is the um, the culture wars like the culture wars prevent these things from happening <sighs> as you know to where unionization at Amazon and we'll get into this when we talk about Christian Smalls in a, in a couple minutes here unionization at Amazon it doesn't fucking matter whether you voted for Trump or you voted for Biden or you're black or you're white or you're you know, you know it doesn't it doesn't make a difference you're all laborers for Amazon you all want the same things you all want better wages you all want better working conditions it doesn't matter but the way you the way that these these union busters try to separate you is by bringing in those ideologies and that culture war bullshit. You can't you can't join up with them. That person voted for Trump. You can't you can't work with that person on trying to get better wages. Why the fuck not? We both want the right. same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I actually I just I literally just posted a uh TikTok video and I started off with uh I couldn't care less about your culture wars or your identity politics. What I care about is if you have food on your table at home. 100% dude. And then I went into talking to and then kind of going, what we're leading into right now is Christian Smalls and Tucker Carlson. Yeah. And how people lost their fucking mind that Christian Smalls went on Tucker Carlson. Mind you, Tucker Carlson's audience, he has more t- Democrats than any fucking thing on CNN or MSNBC. So yeah, Christian Small should be on every single outlet talking about workers unions and talking about everywhere and talking anywhere who will listen about the labor movement. Because what is it what was uh, Jimmy Dore saying he's like, "Well, what happens if me as someone who's a liberal and all of a sudden I have a Trump supporter that wants to join me and fight for workers' rights? You call that a win?"
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what you call it. What do
0: I what happens when I have a Trump supporter that wants to join my movement? You call it a vic. You, you declare victory. You call that a fucking victory. That's exactly what it is. And look, people are chastising Christian Smalls for going on Tucker Carlson. We were actually going to make this our how woke is too woke. But then, you know, I also kind of realized that it was also our what year is it? Because not one week after he goes and talks to... Tucker Carlson, who, by the way, is the most watched man on TV, like it or don't, doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't like the guy. Corey doesn't like the guy. But at the end of the day, he's the most watched man on TV. He's the best TV platform you can possibly have. And so Christian Small is going on there and pushing his movement because he doesn't give a fuck about your politics. He goes on Tucker Carlson to reach more of an audience. Like, to me, that's good. To the labor movement, that's good. We want this guy. Everywhere he doesn't give a shit. After oh, uh, less than a week after that, he goes on Jimmy Dore's show, who right. who is the leftist of? He is so far left he calls AOC a right winger.
1: That's oh, how dude, far Jimmy left Jimmy is Dore so is. Goddamn left!
0: He is so unapologetic about it. And I'm at, we're actually going to play a little clip of of Christian on Jimmy Dore's show shortly after uh, uh one of Jimmy's questions. Oop, hang on, lost you. Whatever, it's not playing. Anyway, it'll get there when it gets there. It's loading technology. Don't we love it? Um, but to me, Christian Smalls is the you know the epitome of, of what it means to build a coalition. Going on Tucker and Jimmy's show within one week of of one another that that should tell you more than you would ever even need to know about. How much he doesn't give a shit about your politics.
1: Right? Doesn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll reload this for you.
2: You all are experiencing the same kind of oppression from the same oligarchy. And so you all have common uh, needs and you come around, uh, you can coalesce along common ideas. That's what you're saying.
3: That's great news for the labor. It it was the fact. The union,
2: you all, hang on, the union, we are the actual workers. That's what I wanted.
0: I think that resonated more so.
2: Did you, did you experience workers who normally would have differences politically putting those political differences aside and coming together around your union?
3: Absolutely. You know, Staten Island, if people don't know, is it's, it's Trump Island. You know, it's, it's not democratic at all. And, um, we couldn't, we couldn't tie ourselves to political candidates, uh, even though individually I may do so from time to time, endorse certain folks. Um, the union itself, ALU, doesn't endorse politicians. We don't pick sides. We, we don't care whether you left, right, up, down, middle, red, green, blue, yellow, it doesn't matter. We, we want to represent all workers. At the end of the day, everybody's a worker. You know, it's not about political views, and we, we can't, you know, pick and choose who we want to. Or, uh, organized we, we want to include everybody
2: so what because so what you're saying is if you're an amazon worker uh it doesn't matter if you're a, a communist a socialist a democrat a libertarian a gun nut or a trumper you all are experiencing the same kind of oppression from the same oligarchy and so you all have common uh needs and you come around uh, you can coalesce along common ideas that's what you're saying
3: that's what solidarity is, you know. People scream solidarity, but don't know what it is. You know, they they pick and choose when they want to use it. You know, if you're talking about solidarity, you gotta you gotta find a commonality. You gotta build up the commonality, and the commonality for Amazon workers is the working conditions, the environment, the culture, and what we do with ALU is we created a culture that resonates with the mass and the majority. And that's how you form a union. And that's what a union should represent. You you're talking about unity. You talk about bringing people together. Um, once again, um, you build off the commonality of what the issues are. So we don't fall into the rabbit hole of, oh, because you're, you're left or right, we don't want to uh, organize with you.
0: So, and that, that's that's really all I wanted to play out of that. And I look at this as... This is something that, that Jimmy Doris said on his show. This is something that Christian Smalls has said a bunch of times. It's like, this is how you fucking build a coalition, right? You don't go into a room and say, um, say it's got 100 people in it, and say, all right, who's for such and such cause? And all 100 people raise their hands. And then you go, oh, who voted for Trump? You're out. Uh, who's who's a COVID denier? You're out. Who's a socialist? You're out. Who's uh, take, take the next ideological thing you're out you're out you're out and then just work with what you have left that's not how you organize that's (laughs) not how you organize
1: no but no but the the top brass the establishments and the republicans and the democrats want you to dive down into the identity bullshit to where you're too busy fighting about that type of stuff so you're not fighting about the real things that puts bread and butter on the fucking table at home If we're too busy arguing about gender and wokeism and things like that, we're not arguing about shit that's going to make mine and your life better. I want to see people who like Trump have a better life, just like I want to see people who like Hillary Clinton have a better life. It doesn't matter to me what your political ideology is. I care that you're at home and look, you have food on the table, and you're taking care of your family.
0: It's one of the reasons. I, it's one of the reasons I, I really love the state we live in. For any new listeners of the show, Corey and I are, are both Michiganders. And look, one of the things that I, we saw in 2016, which was I think a precursor to what we see right now, is that in the primaries, Trump won the Republican primary here, and Bernie Sanders won the Democratic primary here. And the Again. reason, and the reason for that is the establishment has abandoned us. From both parties, doesn't matter. And there's a reason both of those guys won. And I think that has really led into this labor movement, the fact that so much of the rest of the nation... I would say following Michigan has recognized that. And what they're going to continue to do is they're going to continue to push you to hate your neighbor because they didn't wear a mask or did wear a mask. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to challenge you to put up a make America great, again, flag sign in your, uh, in your yard so that all of, all of your neighbors know exactly where you stand. When at the end of the day, nobody gives a shit. I don't give a shit. You don't give a shit. These people deserve better. The Rust Belt, as we're not supposed to call it
1: anymore, deserves better. Yo, why are we supposed to call it the Rust Belt anymore? Is that because it's a negative connotation? I don't know.
0: You're the one that's told me that.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I you're right. we I did, of it? That Yeah, anymore. I heard so. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, who was it? Was it was it Whitmer or was it Biden that said that we're not going to call it the Rust Belt anymore? I don't care. One I'm of the still, still going
0: to call it the Rust Belt. So i to the, call stick it the Paulist
1: Steel Belt. stick it to the, the, the libs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh cory do you want to get to your monologue before we get to good news or you want to do good news first
1: uh we could do my monologue monologue it is my wife it's either she doesn't listen to me when i read these stories i try to read them out loud just to get a <laughs> cadence down she either doesn't listen and then she actually listened to this one or she's being sincere because she said that this is the best one i wrote yet wow i know go right? for it baby Alright, let me drink some of this uh this beautiful old fashioned hero fast. Mm-mm. I don't have a title for it yet. Tilt your camera down. It's tough to have perspective in a split second decision. And something as trivial as when to swing a bat in baseball, decision is often wrong. In fact, you'll get paid millions if you make contact three out of ten times. A split-second decision is the, difference between an, is the difference of an accident or getting home safely to your family. Split-second decisions are the difference between making a quick uh, buck or losing one, a good meal at a restaurant, or food envy. But what about when it comes down to your life or someone else's? Officers are often put in this decision without perspective, context, or thought of what happens next. In their eyes, it's life or death. But what about the person they're interacting with? Do they also interpret the scenario they find themselves in with the same split-second decision of life or death flashing for their eyes as well? Here in Michigan, we've done a decent job of, dodging the, most of the vi- dodging the most of the very emotionally charged events that we see play out across the country, school shootings and police shootings. That is until recently. We saw children needlessly die at the hands of a fellow student, and we saw a man shot in the back of the head while face down by a police officer. With these tragic events hitting home, it makes you re-examine what you think about it. Children were killed in a school 40 minutes from my house. A refugee was pulled over due to a wrong license plate that ended up with him being shot in the back of the head in some mafioso-type execution. I didn't watch the video. Didn't need to. It takes two seconds of scrolling social media to see a thousand couch quarterbacks breaking down the video like they're some ESPN analyst. But the takeaway is this. A man from the Democratic Republic of Congo was pulled over by police for a mismatched license plate. When stopped, Patrick Leola stepped out of his vehicle to talk to the officer. The officer tells him to get back into his vehicle and ask for a license and registration. Leola runs. This leads to a struggle where you hear the officer order Leola to let go of his taser. And seconds later, Leola is shot in the back of the head. There will, of course, be more evidence and information added to the story as it develops. At the time of this writing, we don't even know the officer's name yet. Now back to perspective. Loyola is from the Democratic Republic of Congo, a country that in February of 2019, the Human Rights Watch accused of Congolese police extrajudicially executing dozens of people during a crackdown on gangs in Kinshasa, a police force known for corruption, repression of political dissidents, and other human rights abuses. It is currently undergoing reforms. What did a man whose first language isn't English, who only knows police as real murderers, not what certain narratives in America say, but known as corrupt, brutal, and repressive, think when interacting with police? His children? His own life? It's truly sad to think about. This isn't an ACAB, all cops are bastards, manifesto. There are roughly 150,000 interactions with police every day. If all cops truly were bastards, I think we would all be in agreement. But what about the ones that slip through the cracks? A bad hairstylist will be out of a job in weeks, if not days. If they if they are if they are subpar at a job, if a baker can't bake a cake, he's going to end up in the breadline. Why are cops protected? The answer is precedent. We've contorted ourselves into a a precarious position where objective reasonableness objective reasonableness Protects police in a heated moment of excessive force due to the ruling of Graham versus Connor. Don't worry though, the police are also protected from being legally obligated to protect you as well due to Lozito versus New York City. Throw qualified immunity into that, and then, well, here we are. Race will play a huge card in this terrible affair. The protests have justifiably started. Windows are being boarded, and barriers are being laid down. The lines will be drawn again in the race argument, and the data is concerning. Black people only make up 13% of the population, yet are the majority of incarcerations, shootings, and beatings. Why? Why does this happen? Is it because minority urban neighborhoods are policed harder than suburban neighborhoods, coupled with systematic racism? More interactions lead to more chances of things going sideways. Are the police undertrained and underpaid? Are we letting dummies really be the muscle for arbitrary laws? For almost two years in Michigan, license plates everywhere were expired for nearly everyone due to the pandemic. Now at the stroke of a pen, a wrong license plate warrants a death sentence? In the state of Michigan, most trivial things like a license plate is a civil infraction, not even a crime. Loyola was killed over a civil infraction, and it's disgusting. I have two things to unpack here. One, how did a traffic stop that was over something so arbitrary, a victimless crime, lead to a bullet in the back of the head and two to the people who insist that race isn't related how does that make it better in the first question it comes down to procedures and protocols that i really think we need to take a second look at think about it a man lost his life over a mismatched license plate a fucking license plate for christ's sake the officer had the man's car and his friend For a man who is innocent until proven guilty with nothing more than a civil infraction, is it crazy to say let him run home? It sounds funny when put that way, but the cops had everything they needed to find his house and have more officers to mitigate the excessive violence and hell, even arrest him for fleeing. Why do police feel the need to go John Wayne when they got dozens of boys ready to give backup at a moment's notice? Was Patrick going to run and murder people because of a mismatched license plate? Our officers need to be trained in keeping their egos in check. Secondly, to my colorblind friends who say these incidents aren't race related, how does that make you feel any better? This isn't race related. He shouldn't have, he should have just followed the law. Let's unpack that and play the devil's advocate, shall we? Let's say race isn't a factor or race isn't a factor whatsoever. Yeah. If that's the case, then what has happened to the countless people thrown across the media regarding being killed by police can happen to you just as easily as it happened to Loyola or Taylor or Floyd or Till or Brown or Martin. The list can go on and on if you want. So let's remove race from the equation then. Thousands of Americans, regardless of color, are being killed every year by the people who swear to protect us. Maybe we shouldn't make it about race. Maybe we should all be pissed about that. And that's it. That's all I got. But yeah, like it, it really kills me. Stop taking <laughs> me out of your stuff. I keep removing <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, it, dude, it fucking kills me, dude. That like people just go, oh, well, you know, it's, 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 that's not about race. It didn't matter if that guy that got out of the car was black or white. Well, it
0: always has to be it always has to be an argument that makes it more palatable. You know what I mean? when at the end of the day it was just a dude who shouldn't have died, they got shot by cops. You know what I mean? Like the argument's always like,
1: well Like the race argument is justified based on the data? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But it and honestly it almost it hurts the movement of the fact of like telling cops to literally fuck off. Because then all of a sudden when it's really focused on it just happened to black people, the majority of the country goes, oh man, thank God I'm not black. (laughs) When like, it really, it doesn't matter. When you look up different things that happen to white people, it happens quite often, almost just as much. It's just, there's so much more of us that I guess we're okay with a couple of losing a couple.
0: Yeah, it's the percentage. It's the percentage that you're talking about here.
1: Yeah, yeah, the percentage versus ratio kind of thing. Yeah, and it's, why is, saying that like you know what i mean like where's the cognitive dissonance of that when someone goes it's not about race then it's like okay good we're getting somewhere if it's not about race and this means it can happen to you why are you just okay of this well they should have just followed the law okay so then you as an untrained citizen are expecting that your life is just in the whims of a trained citizen to where it's like what you think might be following the law to where it's like, when you look up things like, okay, Obi jaws, who's from the UK. I've read things where in the UK, when a cop pulls you over, you typically just get out of your car and you guys just discuss the issue and things like that. But here, if you get out of your car, all of a sudden you're a fucking enemy. You're yeah. Well sit in your car. No. And, with, well, this- and, and, the, and what's supposed to be the freest country in the world. If you do something as simple as cross a painted white line on the road, just paint. If you just fucking cross paint with your car in accident because there's a bee in the car or something and you jerk and a cop pulls you over, then all of a sudden you got to have your hands on the wheel. You got to stay in your car. If you're sweating or you're shaking or any weird thing because the guy that's talking to you has a gun and he has a legal, like a basically a legal pass to shoot you, if you're acting weird in the car, all of a sudden, you're the weirdo. Does that make sense to you?
0: It it doesn't. And a lot of that goes to. <laughs> yeah, I'm that, glad you just said that. it
2: doesn't. A lot of the, it. But,
0: fucking doesn't. But a lot of it goes to this, this, this weird militarization of the police that we have here. Have you ever noticed that? Like how if you look at like cop cars from Europe or like police uniforms, they're all bright and bubbly and like, hey, here come the police just to keep the order here. It's like it's like an unmarked black car. And you got like oh a, God, you got like yeah a, if police you, are
1: there to serve and protect I want those cars bright fucking orange or <laughs> yellow like yeah. the fucking plow trucks guess what the fucking plow trucks that take care of snow are bright yellow with bright flashing lights so you know where the fuck they are to but make- the other side
0: of that argument is okay so you have you have the 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 what seems to be the unnecessarily the unnecessary militarization of police but a lot of times it gets back to the gun debate and you and I are both advocates of the Second Amendment I have. You know, we own firearms. We've talked about this many times. You know, however, however, it it, it is part of the argument because there are so many guns in this country. Literally anybody you pull over can have a gun. And so like you when you are a police officer, you have to be like, well, they could have a gun. Now, how how mentally equipped are you to deal with that? That should matter. You should be better trained. We, We should spend more money on training cops. That's how you and I have always
1: felt. But then at the same time, that's just it. the the playing field is leveled because, oh, no, they might have a gun. But guess what? You do, too. But at the end of the day, it's like
0: you're scaring the shit out of your public because you've militarized your, your basic police department, like your little small town podunk police department is completely militarized with these dark uniforms and super intimidating stuff it's 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 a super nuanced argument Corey. that we could probably spend an entire episode on. it is yeah and
1: it, 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 it yeah it's 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 insane to me that like that's how people explain away their uh the whole race thing about it it's like oh well it's it's not it like you know what i mean like it's just it's but that's what it makes just doesn't people make any fucking sense to me. That's what makes people trying to explain
0: it away in like a tweet or like a couple of sentences so infuriating cuz you and I could sit here parse this out and probably spend we could probably do an entire series on this. Yeah. We could probably talk for 25 hours on this and oh, maybe yeah. still not get to the bottom of it. Like, but everybody bias, can explain it away and in one sentence. Them. Those yeah. things
1: are real. Yeah. But just because those things are real doesn't mean every single shooting is race driven. Right it probably comes down to just lack of fucking training. You know what I mean? Like, like your sister who is a hairstylist has had more training for her job where the right and the Like, so what's on the line of like a misstep and what's right and wrong is way. The bar is way lower for her. Yeah. She gets way more training to where if a cop fucks up, (laughs) <laughs> He's literally ending a life or in, like physically ending a life or ruining a life financially or giving them a case number and things like that that they didn't need in the first place. And so that's I guess that what pisses me off about this is like when I said that like literally six months ago or was it like nine months ago now, a year ago, we were all allowed to drive around without license plates. Because of COVID, there were no license plates. People just didn't have fucking license plates. Yeah, because at all,
0: you couldn't get to the Secretary of State or the because DM- it was
1: fucking closed.
0: Yeah, DMV. But now or all of a sudden, are, the
1: stroke yeah. of independence open again. To where now all of a sudden, now this is such a big fucking deal. Well, it's a revenue a builder, man. Because his license plate doesn't match. He runs, right? He runs. He's not a murderer. He's not a criminal. He ran. That's all he did. He wasn't a. Th- like that officer just let him run all of a sudden you just see him all of a sudden jump over a fence and he disappears. You're just sitting there with your dick out like, oh, well, what the fuck now? It's like, oh, that's okay. I have his fucking car and his friend in the car. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. like Leo's friend was in the car when he got pulled over. Well, not to his mention, it's like
0: can't. maybe he runs away and calms down and was like, and goes, oh, shit, he was just trying to give me a tin. Maybe he comes back. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he just, unfortunately we didn't give him the chance right 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 yeah it's funny but did he grab for the taser maybe but when you're coming from a country where cops are known to execute you and you're just rifling and you just feel the handle of something we don't know what his intent was was he trying to tra- use the taser on the cop or was he just trying to stop the cop from using anything that felt like a gun against him And these are the conversations that people are going to have and it's going to go and it's going to get so convoluted and things like that. So like, that's what I was trying to avoid about this, but it's like, we got to this point where he pulls him over. He has the guy's car. He has his friend. He knows who the guy is and the guy runs. All right. Well, fuck you run wherever you want. I'm just going to tow your car. And I'm going to get six of my friends and we're just going to wait at your house for you. And we'll just arrest you later. Guess what? When there's six cops, he isn't going to get shot because they can just tackle him and, and handcuff him. And even if it's a hundred percent illegal, we have a decent judicial system to where he's going to get a really good fucking payout. Mm -hmm. That's the worst case scenario. If this cop doesn't go John Wayne and judge dread and go, I am the law. And tackle him for God knows what over what? an ego, like what what like what was the reasoning to get to that point? And I think that that's the point that we need to have the discussion to where it's like, fuck the actual shooting and fuck killing the person. Let's focus on the catalyst of what gets to that point. George Floyd getting choked out for eight minutes and forty six seconds on TV on, on video that was recorded. Was over what was maybe a counterfeit bill to where that's not even the police's jurisdiction. That's Secret Service. Michael Brown selling fraudulent or selling Lucy's or selling cigarettes on the corner. Marshals, I think Corey. I think it's U.S. Marshals for the for the money. No, I think one. it's Secret Service. It might actually. be. Somebody knows. It's weird. It's this weird thing. Either way, it was not show it, the like, jurisdiction. jurisdiction. Really? Secret Service? <laughs> yeah, it is. I think it's Secret Service has to do with protecting the president.
0: Yeah, Marshall's, Marshalls is prisoners, right? Active prisoners. I think so. I think yeah. Yeah, they're just down to just chase people down. Anyway. And we, then there's Dog. We can Dog, leave, the bounty hunter. We can leave it at that because uh, we got to get going here pretty quickly. But we got to get to something that we've been trying to get to for like a month now. First of all, we, d- we never did get to the things that we shouldn't care about, the new segment. I'll make it really, really quick before we get to the good news, which is things we shouldn't care about. Trump endorses Dr. Oz. That's people it. People lost their mind. Nobody cares. Nobody uh, really cares, Oprah, but like
1: it's just pushed to you to make you think you should care.
0: Other than people on Twitter going, "Oprah should uh, disavow Doctor Oz." As, as
2: if,
1: as <laughs> as know, if, every, everyone all of a sudden has to have a line drawn in a statement to make about every <laughs> single minute thing in as the if, country. And as as like, if any, as
0: if anybody, th- as if any of the wine moms that are going to be, I love Doctor Oz. I'm going to go vote for him, and this year's primary. As if any of them are going to go. Well, Oprah didn't. Oprah, Oprah disavowed him, so I just I can't I can't do it
1: anymore. <laughs> I know, right? Oprah does But to tell you what, though, I am—I do read some of the books from Oprah's book club, and some of them are pretty fucking on fire. Yeah, Oprah's okay.
0: She annoys me a little bit, but for the most part, she's, yeah,
1: she's me. She did a really good job in her show of, like, really trying to get to the root of things. Like, you remember when she did that thing where she had that person come on the show and to show, like, how silly racism was and segregated the room by blue eyes and brown eyes? Ah, I do remember that. Yeah. You remember that? And like, they say we're in the room and the the lady, they had this lady on there pretending to be a racist, but not against skin, but blue eyes. And she was like, I'm sorry. No, people with blue eyes are just shown to not be as smart. And everyone was like, (laughs) are you fucking kidding me? Like I have blue eyes. This is discrimination. And I'm like, you can see Oprah and her, like not ready to like release, like, ah, this is exactly what we're doing. And they're like, oh, but yeah, no, it's blue eyes. Like, I'm sorry. It's, it's just genetics. (laughs) <laughs> it's,
0: yeah it's like those people that are like black people have a violent gene that makes them want to hurt people that kind of yeah. it was that kind of comparison right
1: those goddamn those goddamn black people uh, i'll tell you
0: what i know man it's terrible anyway good news <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyways on to the good news so we did we even talk about plastic blood being found in people or plastic being found microplastics
0: in yeah we didn't really get into that but I'll set this up real quick, Corey. I know you have a lot to say about it. Um, On March 2nd, the UN, this is from, uh, where did I get this from? Uh, The IR Insider. On March 2nd, this is how long we've been trying to talk about this, and this just proves that nobody ever talks about good news, which is that uh, on March 2nd, the UN committed to working on a first-of-its-kind treaty to address plastic pollution. The agreement marks one of the world's biggest commitments to restrict plastic waste As the globe faces a plastic pollution crisis, nations have until 2024 to forge an an international legally binding agreement. The UN's main challenge will be addressing global disparities across the developed and developing countries and a failure to do so would have catastrophic consequences, reinforcing the existing inequalities and uh, contributing further to the carbon footprint and plastic pollution. Sorry, I sucked at reading that. The font was really small. Um, But this is good that this is that this has been b- brought forth. Now we have to count on global bureaucrats to make it actually go through, though. That's what it sounds like.
1: Yeah. It, so where I find solace in this, yeah, because you know it's gonna be a shit ton of red tape and bureaucracy and all that stuff. But it's it's uh it follows a similar process to the 1987 Montreal Protocol, which is what helped phase out ozone-eating chemicals, and that was a success. And if they're going to try to follow that same route, then this might actually get somewhere. And so it's not just, uh, so this one isn't just platitudes and like little sayings, almost like, unfortunately the, the, uh, the Paris climate agreement was, or even the green new deal. There's clear objectives. And so, this resolution sets a clear objective for the treaty to prevent, reduce, and eliminate plastic pollution. This is much harder to obfuscate than the Paris Agreement's aim of of ensuring that the global average temperature does not rise above 2C pre-industrial levels. And so what they're doing is there's that there's, uh, there's a couple of things that they're adding in here. And like they want people to just keep track of the plastic life cycles. And the resolution obliges states to regulate plastic at each stage in the product's life cycle. This is much more advanced than the approach taken in the Paris Agreement, which makes no mention of products and processes that create greenhouse gas emissions, such as fossil fuels, and leaves states free to determine how they will reduce their emissions. And so basically it's like, it's just having everyone go, okay, you created this plastic, now what? Just that simple question of now what is going to make everyone go? Ooh, well, I don't know. I guess we should probably try to figure that out. Well,
0: and and what's what's interesting about this is it's, it's super apolitical because I've always had this this argument um, mostly with with conservatives, and and I think conservatives are even starting to come around on you know the the human based climate change. I mean, we can we can argue the logistics of you know how bad is it? How long do we have? Do you want to be a super doomer? Or do we like have time to fix this? You can always argue about that stuff, but I'm pretty sure most folks are coming, coming around to the fact that humans are definitely having an effect on the, on the climate, but we're getting there. My, my argument with, with people who were complete climate deniers, which is the, like, it's not happening, uh, was always like, okay, all right, let's just say you're right. Let's just say, uh, human, based climate change is a myth let's just say that that's true give you the benefit of the doubt why wouldn't you still want to have clean air clean water uh clean air and clean water right like why wouldn't you want to (laughs) have
1: what what? let's say climate change is a complete myth (laughs) why would you not or why would you be okay with plastic bleeding in your blood
0: that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's like it's like fuck the climate change part. Like we all know like we all know humans are bad for the environment.
1: Why like, how big is that mass in the middle of the ocean of plastic? Isn't it the size of like Texas or something? Not not only that, but we can we can
0: that's no. No, yeah, it's something like that. The the garbage
1: island, right? In the Pacific yeah, is that what are you talking about? Yeah, it's either the size of like Texas or Alaska. What's
0: so interesting about that is that, like the people that are like super duper climate change doomers, like we have to do something tomorrow, are the same people that want you to wear disposable masks on airplanes and then throw them in the garbage.
1: Oh yeah, they're fighting masks <laughs> in the ocean.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just knock it off. You're not right. uh, Don't virtue signal. Make it virtu- make sense. Singly. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah. So the thing I was saying that they want to make it to where. Uh, the states will adopt regulation. Now, when they say states in this, it's global, so it's countries, but they call them states, you know, individual, like, status or whatever. States will adopt regulations which require manufacturers to design plastic products that can be reused, remade, or recycled. States will also be expected to plan for what happens to products once consumers no longer want or need them or use them. Products manufactured in future, such as mobile phones and laptops, would need to be designed so that they can be repaired more easily, which I fucking love. Oh my God, you know how many jobs that can create if people can actually repair their electronics versus like a one time use and throwing it out?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Like that, this happened with farms actually here in America. There was a big deal with farms, it was under Biden, and I give him props for this. He made it to where farmers can repair their own tractors on their own and be able to buy parts versus having to take it to get serviced. That's a great thing,
0: yeah. It makes makes complete sense reusables it's like we, we all have to go out and get the newest iPhone what the hell happens to my old iPhone where does it go I don't know maybe it goes maybe it's 100 percent recycled I have, literally have no idea but what happens I don't know <laughs> yeah I don't know it's just gone I just return it <laughs> and to it's the- funny you
1: say that actually because that kind of goes to this so another part of this uh this treaty is existing plastic pollution so no existing treaties are designed to clean up pollution that's the Paris agreement the green New Deal none of them are to, are in their writing in their amendments none of it's written to deal with what's already there it's just a focus on future emissions but this resolution suggests states should cooperate to remove plastic from the ocean and they may do so through taking action within their territorial seas or choose to create an international body which can oversee the removal of plastics And then I guess, honestly, it's like, well, that makes fucking sense. Let's, let's at least clean the shit up off the floor before we realize we need to replace the flooring. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know. Do you need to resurface your floor? I don't fucking know. It's covered in plastic. Maybe
0: I should just clean the dirt off of it first. Maybe it'll look better. Give it a,
1: give it a nice shine. And then the other one that number four, the reason that this is a good thing is it says knowledge. And given the ubiquity of plastic products and pollution, no one sec- no one sector can solve the problem. The resolution asks a range of people and organizations to contribute knowledge about how to prevent plastic accumulating in the environment, including the scientific community, traditional and indigenous traditional and indigenous knowledge holders, and industry experts. And so basically this is just saying, hey, yo, everyone, you know, let's just take a step back. Let's focus on what's tangible right now. Clean our mess up first, almost like a Jordan Peterson thing of just clean your room, your fucking room, <laughs> and then let's work on the next shit. And that you know that's just fucking great because you know like things like glitter and and then here's the thing: it's like even though it we're just now finding it in our blood, but if a fish's gills and everything is full of glitter and plastics, and you're eating that fish, you don't think any of that's not getting in your skin?
0: Mm, blood, Dan, I love yeah. seafood. Yeah, me too. Sustainable seafood, though, Corey. It's got to be sustainable.
1: Oh, no. I'm pissed off that smelt isn't being sold right now. I know. It's a very endangered You're, you're in the food species. industry, so I you am. understand that smelt right now isn't being sold because now it's an endangered species. It
0: is pretty much the most endangered, uh, at least edible fish in, in, in the sea right now. Yep. Not good. Not good, Corey. But that's not how we wanted to end the show. We wanted to end the show with good news. That was it. You on Global Plastic. We're going to save Katie. the
1: smelts so Corey can eat them.
0: Yeah. Sounds good to me. you got to get Corey that smelt. So pick up your plastic.
1: God, uh, that's one of my favorite seafoods, Dan. Dude, like literally I went, to, I went to Chicken Shack like six months ago. And I'm looking at the menu and then they're like, what do you want? And I just went, smelt. And they're like, we don't serve that. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I left. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't leave. I God <laughs> bites or whatever. But I was like. And then, but but like these fourteen-year-olds didn't have a reason for, it and they're just like, I don't know, we just don't sell it anymore. I was like, what the fuck do you mean you don't sell it anymore? <laughs> if they would have said, well, it's because they're almost dead, yeah, and they're almost no gone. Uh, and then like, okay,
0: Corey, tell the people where they can it.
1: find us. All right, it's the end of the show. Your favorite part, Dan? No, I'm just kidding. My favorite you part.
0: Just keep going. My back hurts. I gotta take a <laughs>
1: shit. Uh. Libservative Podcast, like, follow, and share. You know, come hang out, like the show, subscribe, give us a review, and tell a friend where you're hearing us because I think we have decent conversations that if you like it, you probably have a friend who likes the conversation too. We are found on all your social media and podcast platforms. We are on TikTok at Libservative Podcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. We are on Facebook at Libservative. If you want to reach out to us directly, it's at LibservativePod at gmail.com. And we also, all of our monologues are transcribed and they're put on our blog at at libservativepod at wordpress.com. Come join the conversation. We keep it going during the week and we live stream every Friday. Like follow and share. Come hang out and let's tell the uh, mainstream media to fuck off.
0: You almost got me. Until next time, he's been Corey Walsh.
1: And he's been Dan Griffin.
0: This has been Libservative and we are out of here.